get a phone call. It's from a, one of your regular clients. They ask you if you can appraise a property and they'd like for you to do it timely, whatever timely means. It's in an area that you're very familiar with and you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what is the address again? They give you the address again and you, you scratch your head and say, wait a minute. That's my mother's home. That's my mom's house for crying out loud. And the loan officer says, oh no, I know, I know, I know. Um, or the client engaging you. You know, it used to be the loan officer. Times have changed, haven't they? But whoever is trying to engage you for the financial institution says, yeah, I, I have your mother in my office. I said, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I love my mom. And she insisted that I call you and see if you would be willing to appraise her house. I, I told her I didn't think you would, but your mother was pretty persistent. She insisted that I give you a call, so I'm giving you a call. Would you, or could you even, appraise your mother's house? Hi, I'm Brian Reynolds. You're listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast. And boy, I told you in a previous uh, edition that two things. Number one, I like telling real stories. And this really happened to me. It was many, many years ago. Uh, and I also told you we had we talked about the competency rule. We were going to move on in a future podcast to the ethics rule. So surprise, here we are. We're going to talk about ethics. And guys, I think either you're ethical or you're not. I think, um, you know, you have in your heart to do the right thing. You you like to sleep at night. You like to look at that that guy or that gal in the mirror and feel good about that. Um. I think that we as educators and, and folks that have been in the business a little bit can, can provide clarity on what might constitute ethical behavior and what might cross that ethical line, if you will. And I'm no saint for crying out loud. I, I tell my students all the time, I am no saint if you ask my ex-wife. I, I am no saint. I'm human. I'm just like you. I make mistakes. But when it comes to my businesses, um, when it comes to my appraisal practice, I don't cross that ethical line. I, I, I don't know why. I just, I just never have, and I don't intend to. Now, I, I might walk right up to it. Um, some people will actually walk up to the line and, and, and try to balance themselves on that ethical line. You know, I, I'm still ethical. I haven't crossed the line. I tend to walk right up to it uh, occasionally. Uh, sometimes I won't even go anywhere close to it, but I, I don't cross the line. Some some folks will tiptoe over that line and, and jump back real quick. I think they, they might feel better about themselves if they do that. And then, and then of course, there's our, you know, there's a, a, a whole lot of folks uh, in, in many professions uh, that have no ethical line whatsoever. And uh, those, are the, those are the cats I want out of this business I so dearly love. I mean, we all make mistakes. We're all human. But we need to try to do the right thing, and especially in our appraisal practices. So let's talk about it for a little bit. There are times in which folks will point their finger and accuse you of being unethical when maybe you're not being unethical. 
maybe they don't understand that there are opportunities out there that maybe you take your appraiser hat off and you're not acting as an appraiser, or maybe it just sounds like it would be something that would be unethical. But when we really investigate it a little bit, we find out that it's not unethical, right? USPAP allows for a lot of flexibility. And so we're gonna, we're gonna dive right into that actual book for a little bit and talk about it. I know when, uh, not long after I opened my own business, I, I started appraising in Chicago and, uh, and found that that was something that would get me back home. I live in a little town uh, in Western Kentucky along the Ohio River. Um, and there's, there's historically, it, it just hasn't been a vibrant uh, community for economic issues, right? Uh, we're landlocked to the north by the Ohio River we don't have a great infrastructure. We don't have a major interstate running through our community. We don't have a major four-year university. And so it's, it's kind of a recipe for disaster, if you will. But it's a great place to live. It's a great place to raise a family. It, it's, it really is kind of like Mayberry, just a little bit bigger. And uh, we see that our young people tend to, to leave the community. And then after a few years, they... They come home, you know, it's a, it's a great place to live. It's a great place to raise a family. And I wanted to be back here for those reasons. And so appraising was actually the, the door, if you will, that allowed me to do that. Um, I was married at the time and I said, you know, no matter where you're at in, in the country, they need real estate agents and they need appraisers. So I really think this is something that might open the door and get us home. And it, and it did do that for us. But I remember um, not long after opening a business, my, my best friend at the time's wife called me up and she wanted to know if I was interested in appraising her insurance agency. And, you know, I really appreciated that. Her dad had sent me some work and, uh, and, and she, she really was just trying to help me out. And I, I truly appreciate that. Uh, I had insurance with her for many, many years and, she, was, she wasn't trying to get me to hit a number or anything like that. She genuinely was just trying to send some work my way, and I really did appreciate it. But there was no way I was going to do that. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was her husband's best man in their wedding. Uh, he was my best man in my wedding. And uh, sometimes it's, it's good to just say no. Um, I, I, it wasn't worth the fee and one assignment for me. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, do something and, and, and do a good job, but yet now they're unhappy. Or I didn't want to do a good job and someone be able to point a finger at me and say, look what he did. You know, these days uh, you got to try and uh, protect yourself in any way possible. Because if you're accused of doing something wrong, sometimes you're, you're guilty just by that. Hey, did y'all hear what John did? I mean, I can't believe John would do that. I mean, that's, that's awful. Why did? Why would John do that? I thought he was a better person than that. I mean, I just cannot believe John did that. And then somebody intelligent speaks up and says, well, now, wait a minute, guys. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do we know if John really did that? I mean, he's just, it's, it's alleged. I mean, he's just, he's just been accused. I mean, he, let's not find the guy guilty first. I mean, let, he's innocent until proven guilty, right? And the typical response is going to be, 
Well, you know he did it. <laughs> right. So it used to be innocent until proven guilty. I, I'm not sure if that holds true anymore. Let's look at the ethics uh, rule for a minute. If you open up your USPAT book, uh, go to page seven. That's where your ethics rule is going to be. And on page seven, it has a little information in general about, you know, protecting and preserving the public trust. Uh, then we jump down to the conduct section. It says an appraiser must perform assignments with impartiality, objectivity, and independence, and without accommodation of personal interest. Gives you a whole list of things that you must not do. You must not perform an assignment with bias. You might must not advocate the cause or interest of any party or issue. You know, you can't be a criminal for crying out loud. And down at the bottom, it said, if known prior to agreeing to perform an assignment and or if discovered at any time during the assignment, an appraiser must disclose to the client and in each Subsequent report certification, any current or prospective interest in the subject property or parties involved. So back to my original question, could you appraise your mother's house? And the real answer is it depends. But the, the question is, if you can remain impartial and objective, right? You're not accommodating the client or, or the cause of the interest of any party, you're not allowing the fact that you're related to her cause you to be biased, then you actually could appraise your mother's house as long as you disclose it. You have to disclose that at the time you agree to perform the assignment, as well as put it in the report certification. But to answer the question, I guess you can. Now, again, we have to avoid those in, in, in many cases, if you can, the, you know, the traditional finger pointing at you. Well, you did that for your mom. And I elected not to appraise my mother's house. I just, I, I, I know when to say no. <laughs> and I just didn't want to do it. And, and while I was grateful that she, like Bobby, uh, Bobby Bays was trying to send me work when I started my new business. That was very thoughtful of my mother, trying to send me a little business. I would not have done her any favors. I wouldn't have hit a number for her, right? Uh, I saw her a couple of weeks after that at the grocery store and I bumped into her and I said, hey, mom, I, I want to let you know, I, I really appreciate you trying to send me a little business. It was very thoughtful of you. And I, I hope you understand why I did not accept the assignment uh, while I would have done a good job, because I, I, I like to sleep at night, I don't cross that ethical line, even for my mommy, right? Um, I just, the perception might look bad. And I, I, you know, while I could have done it, I could have done it ethically in accordance to our standards and ethics. I chose not to do the assignment. And uh, yeah, she said, she said, well, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I was a little upset because I knew if you did it, I could get a really good discount on the fee. I'm like, Mom, <laughs> she, she, wasn't, she wasn't trying to help me out. She was trying to help herself out, that little sucker. So if we examine what we can do within the ethics rule, there's a whole lot of options available to us.
And I want to get into the advisory opinion 21 in just a minute because, man, I, I've been quoting that advisory opinion for decades. Or I don't know how long it's been around, but for a long, long time. And I think it's been decades. I know it's been at least one decade. Uh, it's been around for a real long time. They made a change or an addition to it last, last update. Uh, they put a chart in there. So I'll get to that in just a minute. But guys, if you go back to the frequently asked questions of, of USPAP, and again, this is advice, but it, it's pretty good advice. It comes from the Appraisal Foundation. And starting on page 180 of the USPAP manual, the big, the big book, uh, although this is not part of USPAP, uh, it's found in the same publication. And the table of contents back there on page 180, uh, where it starts with the ethics rule, line item 192, and there's a bunch. Uh, don't agree to perform the assignment unless you can appraise it for X amount of dollars. What do you think the answer to that is? Yeah, it's probably go fly a kite, buddy, right? And uh, so there's a bunch of them, and I'm going to jump down. So uh, some of these are, are common questions that we hear in the classroom or appraisers write in to me or call me and ask all the time. So uh, while a lot of these you may know the answer to immediately, some of them might surprise you to what the answer is. And guys, it may allow an opportunity for you, okay? Um, so let's, let's talk about just some of these. Um, one in particular, reducing appraisal fees when the transaction fails to close. This is FAQ 38. Is it ethical for an appraiser to offer a client a reduced fee on appraisals if the, if the client's loan doesn't close? Would it be different if the client had paid, uh, agreed to pay a little extra on all the ones that did close? No, you can't do, you can't do that. How many appraisals do you think uh, that you would not appraise at the sale price because you know you're not going to get paid that way? I mean, you may have some impact on whether or not the loan closes based upon the outcome of the appraisal. You absolutely cannot do that. Now, you charge whatever you want to if you want to do some free appraisal work, you could do that. I did that for, for Habitat, for Humanity. Is that okay? Can I do an appraisal and not charge a fee at all? Well, certainly you can do that. And I did that, and then they came back and wanted another one for free. And I think on the third one they wanted for free, I said, look, this is the last, <laughs> this is the last one. I'm in business to make money, not to give away services. So next time you uh, you need help, call me. Maybe I'll come help paint a house, but, but no more <laughs> No more free appraisals. Don't take it. Don't take advantage of me, right? Uh, number thirty-nine. Is it acceptable for an appraisal fee to be based on a percentage of the value conclusion? No. And, and question number forty is similar to that. And this this really happened to me one time. Um, a potential client is asked to perform a form. Asked me to fill out a form indicating what my appraisal fees would be for different assignment. The form asked me to indicate appraisal fees based upon the appraisal value, the appraised value. For instance, 100,000 to 299,000 would be this fee. 300,000 to 499 would be this fee. Is it a violation of USPAP to quote fees in this manner? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. I had a vice president of a bank send me a letter. This was a bank out of Louisville, Kentucky. And they had, a, they had an office here in Owensboro and I called, the, I called the vice president here locally, and I said, Todd, um, I believe our relationship's over. He's like, what do you mean? 
I said, well, your bank insulted me, and I'm probably just, I'm probably not going to do work for you guys anymore. I'm probably going to fire you. You won't be on my approved, approved client list anymore. <laughs> he said, what happened? And I said, well, your bank just sent, sent a letter, and uh, they're wanting me to sign a statement that says I will do a, develop appraisals and write appraisals reports in accordance to Uniform Standards of Professional Appraisal Practice. Listeners, you got any problem signing that one? I mean, we, we, we make that statement already. I didn't have any problem signing that one. That's okay. But the next little statement they wanted me to sign is based on a, a fee structure tied to the value. If your value was up to 100000 here's the fee. 101000 to 250000 here's your fee. You know, 251000 to whatever. And, and it just escalated. And they were trying, what they were trying to do is pay you more money for what they felt was, was more complex assignments. But they were tying it to your appraised value. And guys, think about it a minute. Appraiser, in your heart, you really think the property's worth $980,000. But, oh, shoot, wait a minute. You know, if it appraises for a million, I get a bigger paycheck. <laughs> Maybe it is worth a little more than $980,000. I'll have a look at this again, right? No, you absolutely cannot do that. Uh, so I wrote him a letter. I actually called the guy. Chip was his name. I'll never forget. And I said, Chip, uh, you've insulted me. And he said, well, how'd I do that? And I said, well, you're wanting me to do work on uh, appraisal work for fees that I, I less than what I charged 15 years ago. And so our relationship's probably over. But Chip, you, you could be brilliant. You could make, be made to look like a hero if, if you anybody that signed both those forms and sent them in, you fire them. You could say it was a test. On the left hand, we ask you to certify that you're going to develop your appraisals and write your reports in accordance to USPAP. And the minute you sign the other form in your right hand, you violated USPAP. So we're going to fire y'all. Right? <laughs> he said, you're kidding. And I said, Chip, let me give you some suggestions. Can you make the appraisal fee contingent upon um, or based on the fee is going to be, the amount of the fee is based on the size of the house, the square footage of the house. Yes, you can do that. Can you make the fee depending on the size of the land? So I'm going to charge a higher fee if it's over 50 acres. Yes, you can. Can you make the fee based upon the assessed value? Yes, you can. If a property is assessed for over a million dollars, this is what I charge. Did I say I was going to appraise it for a million dollars? No, I never said that. Can you base your fee on a sale price? Hmm. Do you as an appraiser have control of what the sale price is? No, you don't. You can base your fee on the amount of a sale price. Guys, you can, you can base your fees on things that are, with, that are outside of your control as an appraiser. You cannot base your fee on things that are within your control as an appraiser, like your final opinion value, right? And that, that's summarized in uh, frequently asked question number 44, appraiser fee based on a pending sale price. I'm aware that the appraiser's fee cannot be based on the amount of the appraiser's value. However, does USPAP allow an appraiser's fee to be based on the amount of the owner's estimate? 
or a pending sale price of the subject property? And the answer is, guys, USBEP does not prohibit an appraiser's fee from being based on an owner's estimate, a pending sale price, loan amount, or any other factor that is outside the appraiser's control. This is in contrast to a fee based on the amount of an appraiser's opinion of value, which is within the appraiser's control. A fee arrangement based on an appraiser's opinion of value violates the ethics rule. A fee arrangement based on the appraiser's opinion of value violates the ethics rule. So if it's within your control, you cannot do it. If it's outside of your control, you most certainly can base your fee on that. Okay, let's talk about this one for a minute. And I, I've just decided I made an executive decision. Listen, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I made an executive decision. Uh, I'm going to do part two of this podcast because I'm running a little lengthy. And that's what happens with those of us that like to talk. So, so we'll have a, an ethics rule part two, if you will, because I want to get into advisory opinion 21 and, and, and show you what you can do, the flexibility that you have, uh, and even with taking that appraiser hat off. So uh, a couple of more things we'll talk about in this podcast, and then we will give a part two uh, follow-up because there, this, is, this is a big deal. It's a big opportunity for you as a practitioner. It actually gives you the ability to have additional income resources uh, with taking your appraiser hat off. And in some instances, you don't even have to take your appraiser hat off. So we'll talk about those in just a minute, but there's still a couple of things I want to cover on this one, okay? Could I do this? Could I call a bunch of residential appraisers in my community and say, hey guys, um, I know you don't do commercial work. I get it. But I'm sure every once in a while, you probably get a phone call for commercial work. And here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to pay you a referral fee if you send me over that deal and I get it. Okay, I get an assignment because you referred someone over to me. I will pay you a referral fee for that. Can you do that? Can you pay a referral fee? Absolutely, you can pay a referral fee. Do you have to discuss the amount that you pay? I pay him a $1,000 referral fee. Or could I just say, I paid a referral fee to get this assignment? So let's look at uh, FAQ 46. It says, disclosure of referral fee amounts. The management section of the, of the ethics rule requires an appraiser to disclose fees or commissions paid or things of value given in connection with the procurement of an assignment. So I got to disclose it, right? If a referral fee was paid in conjunction with an assignment, must the amount of the fee be disclosed? Or is it okay if I simply disclose that a fee was paid? The response from the Appraisal Foundation simply says, disclosing the fact that a payment was made in the appraisal certification and any transmittal ledger where the conclusions are stated is sufficient to meet the requirement. However, this is a minimum requirement and it doesn't prohibit full disclosure of the amount of the fee. So if you would like to, if you would like to highlight, hey, I paid this cat a thousand dollars to get this assignment, or I paid him ten dollars to get this assignment, 
or I paid him $50 and I bought him a steak dinner. <laughs> whatever, whatever you did, right? Uh, you don't have to be specific. You could just say that there was a referral fee or something was given, right, in order to secure this assignment. Uh, but as this said, the USPAP is your minimum requirements. And if you would like to exceed that minimum and state the amount that you paid or what you did, you certainly can do that. Guys, I, I say this all the time. With scope of work, with extraordinary assumption, with hypothetical condition, you as a practicing appraiser can do almost anything. And I didn't say you could do anything but you can do almost anything. So let's take the blinders off. Let's look at the authoritative source and the authoritative source is USPAP when we talk about you know, what you can and can't do. This is your minimum requirements, right? So let's look at what you can or can't do and please refrain. Brian Reynolds praised his mama's house and I'm gonna get him, I'm gonna get him. He violated USPAP. Well, be careful pointing that finger at me. And be careful saying I violated USPAP. I will aggressively defend myself. Maybe you just violated USPAP because you're ignorant in the fact that I can appraise my mother's house as long as I disclose it, right? And put in the report certification. And as long as I can be professional and independent and objective and not be biased, not accommodate personal interests, I can do it. Now, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but I could do it, right? So again, we'll have a, a podcast number two on this one. Uh, we ran a little long on this. This is a, a big, 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 big topic, and uh, we could probably have a third podcast. But uh, we'll bring we'll bring this uh, issue back for a take two, and we'll talk about some of the more specifics of what you can and can't do, and what you can do when you take your appraiser hat off. And I'll just leave you with a question. Can you be an advocate? Are there times in which you can be an advocate? Ooh, man, I hate to leave you hanging on that, but I'm going to. You've been listening to the Appraisal Update. I'm your host, Brian Reynolds. Until next time, happy appraising. The Appraisal Update podcast is brought to you by Appraiser E-Learning.